Now if I fuck this model And she just bleach her asshole And I get bleach on my t-shirt I'ma feel like an asshole I was high when I met her We was down to Tribeca She get under your skin if you let her She get under your skin if you... I don't even wanna talk about it I don't even wanna talk about it I don't even wanna say nothing Everybody gonna say something Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the So Fucking Posh Podcast I am your host Vanessa Peters And once again, we are back with a whole bunch of awesome guests to talk about a whole bunch of awesome things. So right next to me I have Grace. Grace, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And then I have Miguel next to me. Miguel, how you doing? I'm good. He's good. And I have Tatiana. Tatiana, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Good. And I have Unuqua. How you doing? Fabulous. The sun is shining. It's nice. It's nice. It's true. It's nice. So let's just get right into some of the things that I've been wanting to talk about today. So there are some blatant abuses of crowdfunding sites like Kickstarter and GoFundMe going on. And some of them are serious pleas for help, um, no matter how pathetic they are. And others are just trolling at its finest. So I'm going to share some of the gems that I found. Um, There is one where this poor guy looks like he's about to cry in his picture. And the campaign heading reads, tired of being broke. (laughs) And my only response to that is, aren't we all? And another one is help Ivory get a bottle of Henny. And as far as I know, $12 have been contributed to Ivory's cause. Help me throw money at these scrippers is another one. And he actually has a picture of himself holding ones in there, presumably for said strippers. There is another that says help me drop my mixtape fam, which I'm rolling my eyes at as we speak. Um, the guy in the photo has raised zero dollars for that, so that doesn't really surprise me at all. Um, and then there's another one that says, going bald, so I need hella hats. Um, (laughs) and there was one where a girl says that she needs money to start a cat circus, so good luck with that. Um, and my, honestly, my favorite of all the ones that I came across was this one that says, I need a car to bring you this dick. (laughs) (laughs) And I would personally, like, contribute to that campaign because the guy in the picture is sexy. Like, he's so fucking hot. So I was like, oh, okay. But, I mean, they removed the campaign. So I can't (laughs) contribute to it, unfortunately. Um, So what do you guys think? I mean, these crowdfunding sites are for the public to use for garnering funds for whatever reason. But generally, these types of things are used for serious and life-threatening causes, such as if someone who needs money to pay a hospital bill after surviving cancer, you know, or raising money for an investigator to try and find your kidnapped child, or raising money for rent because your house burned down in a tragic fire. So when you look at those kinds of reasons in comparison, are these particular campaigns like low-key trolling, or if you actually think they're trolling, or do you have, or do they have every right to make these campaigns and whoever wants to contribute to it can contribute to it. I mean, it's it's not really like a complicated sort of idea. But, I mean, I'll, I'll ask you guys again. Do, you, do any of you guys see anything wrong with this at all? You can do whatever you want on the internet, kind of. Mm-hmm. But should it be done? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should be wasting people's time on things like like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Going bald so I need hella hats. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I agree on some on some sort of level. I mean, they're entertaining to read, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's sure. like, 
I guess in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter because if you can read and if you can see what these kinds of things are for, you can see that, okay, this is really stupid, so I'm not going to contribute any money to this versus, oh, this person really needs this money, so I'll contribute it to this, right? Like, for instance, like the guy that says, tired of being broke, if I could relate to the struggle, I might give, I might throw him $10 because I, I understand what he's going through, I guess. But at the same time, it's like when people are going through really heavy stuff and they need that money, it's almost like, the amount of people that would be throwing money into that sort of like pool of those kinds of campaigns, it gets lessened mm -hmm. when you, you know, put all these like false, like crockery sorts of campaigns into the system, if that makes sense. Yeah. So for me, that's where the problem is. But I mean, it's entertainment, right? Or is it is is it not entertainment <laughs> at all? Is it not well, even? <laughs> I think something, the intent behind the initial website was, was to create a generic way, a kind of grassroots way for for the for the common man or the individual who doesn't have major funding from let's say a Nike or an Adidas or whatever the case might be, right? right? It's supposed right. to be like very grassroots level. Yeah. For sincere and legit reasons. Yeah. So when you have someone who's coming, like you say, to make a mockery of that. Mm -hmm. I think it takes away from those individuals that sincerely need it. Mm -hmm. Because you know someone might be like, oh, sure, that's 10 bucks, that's funny. Versus putting that 10 bucks towards someone who maybe is actually fighting a battle with mm -hmm. cancer. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'd much rather give my money to someone who I know is actually going to be a benefit to themselves or to the betterment of this of humanity than someone who's like, give me 10 bucks so you can come ride this dick. Like, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you think about it this way, like say you go on one of these sites and you only have $10 to, to contribute to something, to one of, one of the causes. Right. Mm -hmm. And you read like a funny one and you're like, okay, because this guy's funny, I'll give him 10 bucks. Cause he made me laugh. Right. Versus you read like a sad one and you're like, Oh man, like, this person's obviously going through a really tough time. Like, maybe I should give them their 10 bucks. To even have that sort of, like, wrestling in your heart where it's like, I don't know who to give the money to. If these people don't put, like, these, like, trolling campaigns on, you don't even have to have that struggle. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's, it's not even there. You don't have that sort of, like, issue versus when, you know, there's the two there. And it's like, oh, okay, well... Who am I giving it to now? Because two people have appealed to two different sensibilities in, inside sure. of me, right? And they both want my money, so who do I give it to? Split it. You go half-half? You go five-dollar, five-dollar? Yeah. 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 It doesn't matter at the end of the day, as long as you're helping. I guess. Well, I have a scenario that's, like, been going in my right. little brain here. I'd really give it to the person who was trolling, in a way. Because? <laughs> okay. I will say this. Just, that was I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm thinking outside. What if somebody said, oh, hey, like, I have cancer, and uh, I'm, I need this and that and that. I don't have a job, but they're lying. For I, sure. I'd rather give it to someone who's like, yo, I'm broke, or like, this is what I want to use the money for, because they're sure. being like full proof honest, yeah. rather yeah. than, oh, I'm suffering from this disease, yeah. and... Totally. Yeah, so that's... I agree with you 100% because then at least someone, someone's lying and they, about cancer and someone's being legit. Yeah. I'm lazy, I'm lazy, I'm broke, so forth and so on. Like, yeah. Hook a brother up because I'm lazy and broke and I need money. Fine. But, but then with someone who has cancer, you can go do your research and be like, yo, is this person actually... But people can right? lie, right? For like, sure. But that's what I'm saying. You can, do your, you can do your research and be like, hey, just so you, like, where are you being held at? You know? And just be like, I just want to know. I'm putting my money towards something good and not towards... 
some freaking closed account in Africa with buddy who wants <laughs> who but wants money, right? What if it's a right? scheme between like the doctor and everybody? <laughs> hey, <they laughs> Sorry, I'm like telenovela <laughs> mode. <laughs> <here. laughs> okay, what do you think, Miguel? I think that it also comes down to what makes me feel good about it. Like, if you make, if at the end of the day you donate to these. To, to the scheme or to the guy about the tea. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to feel good <laughs> the guy about the tea. <laughs> then I feel like donate to that. And if you yeah. go out and I'm feeling good about your, about yourself, then yeah, whatever. Like At the end of the day, it's your money, yeah. right? So however you see fit to use it, you're going to use, use it, it, right? So it's true. I mean, it just comes down to what, I guess, like appeals to your sensibilities more. Like what wins, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's one that says, I need half for this abortion. Would you give him half for this abortion? <laughs> or would you not? Would you be like, nah, you're going to do that by yourself, B? You have that problem yourself, you're going to deal with it by yourself, B? Like, what? I mean, yeah, it's true. again, it's literally like a case-by-case situation. <laughs> it is, it is. So, I guess. that's That makes sense. So, there is an older story about members of an African-American women's book club that were on a Napa Valley wine train who were kicked off the train for laughing and talking too loud. Um, So they were kicked off this wine train because someone complained about the noise levels of the group being too much. This led to viral outrage, and as a result, these women have decided to sue the Napa Valley wine train for $11 million. And since since then, the company has issued a statement saying they are sorry and they accept full responsibility. They even offered to refund the money the woman paid to be on the train. Um, so something to note um, was that in this book club, there are both white and black women in there. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, like when the story was going viral and I read it, people were led to believe that it was just black women because it's like a you know a racially charged sort of incident. But because there are both races in that book club that were there and there was 10 women all together, I found that pretty interesting to note as far as like deciding what you feel or how mm-hmm. you think about this particular situation. Um To give you more context and background behind the situation, the the women were paraded through six cars and forced to get off the train only to be met by police. And now they're suing the company not just for racial discrimination, but for libel, for defamation, and intentional infliction of emotional distress as well. Um, The book club's lawyer uh, says that the charges emerged from a now-deleted Facebook post um, the company put up um, following the incident, and they accused the woman of verbally and physically abusing um, guests and staff of the Napa Valley wine train, um, and they said that it was necessary to get the police involved as a result. Um, And according to reports, um, there have been two employees of the Napa Valley wine train that have been um, fired since the incident because of the inaccuracies, quote unquote, um, of the story, basically. Um, so what do you guys think? Like, do you guys think that <coughs> these women are asking for too high of an, um, of an amount? Cause apparently this Napa Valley wine train, this is not the first time this kind of situation has happened. Like mm. apparently there were some Latinas that went on the wine train as well and they were, basically like talked badly to and made to feel unwelcome while being on the wine train for also enjoying themselves and being joyous and being a little bit too loud right so do you think they have like basis for their case or do you feel like you know what if you if you're loud and other people on this train you need to shut up if you're not going to shut up or if you're not going to keep it down after like repeated attempts to get you to keep it down then there are consequences for those actions like what do you guys think well i think hi Well, if, if say, for example, 
at the beginning of like the tour they were told oh hey like we understand we're going to be merry and happy and blah blah but let's keep it down to a minimum because there's other patrons keep it down you know but mm -hmm. and if you're repeatedly told like oh hey like can you keep it down in the end i'm sorry you'll have to like leave right mm -hmm. but bringing police in like unless they were like rioting i would like call the police mm -hmm. like but other than that i don't know in a way i guess it's almost the amount that they're asking for is it 11 million 11 million dollars yeah. yeah between how many people between 10 so what a million each give or take approximately and that before and after but it, I guess it also depends on how much the judge will end up like stating that the. Sure. the I mean, should, it's it's almost like a do your time and let others. It's like a lesson for it. Yeah, I mean, it says that the the reason they're asking for that high amount of money is in hopes of preventing the company from ever doing that sort of thing again. So it's like a, what is it like a an example sort mm -hmm. of yeah. case. Precedence. Yeah. You know? yeah, exactly. So. Well, I think. Personally, I think to ask for eleven million, considering there was no like reparable damage, like physical damage, you know what I mean, other than emotional distress. Okay, emotional distress is very like self-inflicted sometimes too. Mm -hmm. You know, so and you, and no one can inflict like emotional damage on you. Only you can, mm -hmm. right? So I mean, really, like ladies, if you guys were out having a good time, okay, cool, and you guys overdid it, just take it. They're willing to refund you. Mm -hmm. And they've apologized. Like, now you're just trying to milk the system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like if anything, I'd be like, okay, if it, you know what? Refund us our money, and if anything, maybe give us a free one. Then we're good, right? But I mean, but, like, you're not going to go, wanna go back after having such a humiliating experience. Like, why would you want okay, to go back to that Okay, fair, but that's what I'm saying, though. Like, because, don't like, go back. So don't go back, then, if that's the case. Like, take your money and then go. Like, why do you need to keep milking the system, then, if that's the case? I mean, their reasons here say yeah. that they are also suing for defamation, for libel, and for humiliation. I mean, think about it. Hmm. You're laughing, you're enjoying your time yeah. with your book club, Okay. right? People are telling you that you're being too loud and you're like, I'm just enjoying myself. Like, mm -hmm. I paid for this. Like, can I just enjoy myself? And for then sure. this leads to you being escorted through six cars. Like, you have to walk through six different cars of this train. People, people are watching you and like, yeah, what is going so on? Right. And you're embarrassed. It's and you're humiliated. With the, with, so assuming you're on Calgary City train right now and they escorted you up the train, what's the likelihood of you seeing those the same people that are on the train? And next time you see them, they're going to be like, oh, I know you. <laughs> You got walked off the train the other day. Like, is it really that bad? Um, according I don't to them, think according so. to them, it is. You know, and okay, and 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 to sue them for eleven million, the, in my mind, in my mind, the only reason it would make sense is if this isn't the first time it's happened. Which it's is what I said. It's I know, not I know. The first time so like, but like repeatedly, because like with the whole McDonald's case, the reason why the reason why McDonald's got sued for that amount of money and it went through was because it wasn't the first time it had happened. It had happened countless times, and they hadn't made any changes. So the fact that it happened this this final straw was like, okay, you guys need to learn a lesson. Here it is. And so that woman got, or that guy got awarded that large settlement. So if that's the case with this, and it's happened more than once, and these guys are just being like blatantly rude and so forth and so on, then totally penalize them, make an example of it, and hopefully it doesn't happen again. So you feel like in this case it's justified then? If you said, if it's something that's happened before. Repeatedly, exactly. here it says that they have a history of treating non-whites um, with some sort of discrimination. And then I use 100%. The, penalize them then. I, but it says like only one time with a group of Latinas, right? It's well, a, yeah. But let's, let's but be we, honest. 
black and Latina people, they're loud. Yeah, and sometimes it's like, stop being loud, y'all. Like, stop. We don't know. We don't know how many people of Caucasians or other race group have been kicked out. Like, mm-hmm. totally. They only point out one case, mm-hmm. and they're not white. So mm-hmm. I don't think that the information is not is misleading. I also think that what's too loud, and like, I feel like we've all been at the bar one time that we got a little too drunk, and when we, we were making a scene, and then we were like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm fine. Or you're not, you're being too loud. And the, and the next day you're like, oh, shit, I like, definitely opened it a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it is a wine train. There is alcohol involved, so who knows, like... But what like, the noise levels are usually uh, like on say wine tours. I haven't been on many, but the ones that I've been on, mm-hmm. you have like almost this sort of you're learning, right? It's you're learning about the wine, you're learning about everything that you're drinking, how everything comes from like the vine up until your cup, right there. So if they're if they were saying they were being loud. Maybe it was distracting for the other people who actually were there to learn more about this. It's not like it's it, it's not like yeah, a bus, sure. like a party bus. Like, yeah. oh, let's go waste it. Yeah. And that's the other thing. It's, it's wine, you know. But, yeah, and it's wine. It, wine has a classy connotation yeah. to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So, it, which is why they don't want non-classy loud bitches on their <laughs> train, right? Probably right. But then at the same time, if if like I said, if, if but is that right to like think of it in that way? Is what I'm saying. To draw that line between, okay, these bitches are being loud. We are on this classy ass wine train. Mm-hmm. Let's draw some lines here and throw these bitches off. Like, is that okay? Right? Like, I mean, I feel like there could have been some space for them to be a little bit more tolerant we'll see. about it. But but we don't know their yeah. degree of their like of how yeah. Loud, yeah, yeah. how yeah. loud they were because yeah. like a whisper, even like like a screaming, like ah, you know, like, it's going crazy, mm-hmm. and that's not okay. To scream for not well to make to, a scene to make a scene is not what you want. And that's what I hear about. Like sometimes, like when people like talk about their experience, and they're like, "Oh, it's because I was this. It's because I, like, everything goes beyond what it was, and mm-hmm. that's not fair for anybody." And then that just makes a scene. It just makes like other people can't yeah. enjoy themselves as much. Yeah, even though everybody on that train paid for the same trip or the same mm-hmm. experience, mm-hmm. basically tainting their experience. And I, I'd always like to see if, if there was any footage at all. Because if that was the case, if it was like, you come in, it's like, you knock on the door, hey ladies, you guys are being a little loud, but can you guys keep it down? I know you guys want to have a good time. A couple other people have complained. Okay, cool. That's one time. We've, like, you know what I mean? Happens twice. Three. Okay, ladies, I've asked you three times politely, the fourth time we're going to have, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would like mm-hmm. to see that footage or something or documentation. To see how it was escalated. Exactly, you know what I mean? And then because then because at the same time, for all we know, he's just being blatantly racist and it was one time and he was like, I'm fed up, I'm fed up with these people. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, across the board with this group, with let's say the Hispanics, let's say with some Asians and whatever else, then fine. Penalize them, give them the million dollar lawsuit. But then at the same time, if, it was, if they actually tried multiple times mm-hmm. and these ladies were actually just being rude, and not being considerate of other people, then it's like, no, like, they try to do their job politely, mm-hmm. like, punctual and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. Then no, don't give them the lawsuit, because now, now they're just abusing, the, what is it? The Color p- lines. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, but you know what I'm saying? So, uh, let me ask you, Yunuka, yeah. if you were in this exact same situation, you were in a book club, yeah. and in this book club full of females and males or whatever... Yeah. People were getting a little bit ruckus, right? You were one of those people, right? Yeah. You you were just kind of enjoying the vibe, yeah, right? Sure. You weren't really like, you know, noticing what was going on. 
someone comes to you and someone, you know, says, hey, you're being, like, a little loud, right? And um, you're like, everyone's like, okay, okay. And then, you know, they come to you a couple more times yeah. and then it, you know, they warn you a couple more times. And then you also get escorted through six cars and then you get met by police and some sort of, you know, slight yeah, force yeah, yeah. the police tend to show. Yeah. And, you know, you get you get embarrassed in that way. What what would you do? How would you handle that? Well, what okay, would you do? Okay, right off the bat, the first time they would have said something, I would have been like, yo, I'm sorry, like, I'm trying to stay on this train. We'll check ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because, again, like, for me, I would like to think he or she is not coming to squash the fun considering it is, like, it's supposed to be social and we're drinking wine. And, you, like, you, there needs to be a level of obviously fun and entertainment. If this was the library, that's a different situation. We're supposed to be quiet and reading and doing your thing. So, obviously, any noise is intolerable. Mm -hmm. But in this case, it's like, man, okay, you're being a little loud, turn it down. Okay, oops, my bad. Keep it in check. Mm -hmm. End of discussion. Now... If that happened once, and then I got escorted, then I'd be like, yo, this is bullshit. You told me once, da-da-da-da-da, like, I, I think it's a little excessive. And then there's police. I was like, I ain't got no gun on me. Then I might lose it. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, like, there's a lot of things that, that we don't know in this. Right, or at least a lot of that hasn't been communicated. Unknown variables. You know? Because at the same time, let's put it this way, too. If you're going on a wine train, there must be some level of sophistication. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about some, like, hood rat... But drinking. this is an alcoholic beverage. I know, but, but I'm just saying, though. But, okay, right? <laughs> but, okay, let, okay let, let, let's put it this way. If they gave you straight rum, right, a rum and coke, yeah, a cocktail, right. and a glass of wine, wouldn't you say each one of those drinks carries a certain connotation about who's drinking it? But you know what? Yes you, or no, yes or no. No, but you're asking me personally, right? Yes or no. For me, no, I drink all of them, too. For, for me personally, regardless of which one they, they are, yeah. I'm going to like get a little bit buzzed on every single one of them. Of course. In the same way. But so I'm, for me, there's not that sort of like, oh, it's a vodka train, so let's get let's turn the fuck no, up. Like, no, no, but, like, no, but what I'm saying, though, for example, if you're on a party bus, mm -hmm. are you going on there with a bottle of wine? Maybe. Most no, likely are you going, not. Are you going there to taste it? To see the smell? <laughs> exactly. Yes. You're not. Very aromatic smell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so like, that's where it comes from. Yeah, so obviously, going on a wine train, there must be some air, like some level of professionalism, some classiness. Mm -hmm. And plus, they're a book tour. What black <laughs> group do you know that, you know what I mean, is going to go on a wine tour with books? You know what I'm saying? Right, okay. So, like, that's where I'm coming from. So, okay. obviously... It's like, there. I, I understand what you're saying. There is a classier side to it. So, 100%. as a result, you need to be aware of that. But, I mean, hey, they pay money, too. They want to enjoy themselves, too. And, you know, honestly, no. like, when you go on a on a, on a wine tasting, you're supposed to, like, swallow, you spit it out. Right. Yeah. So, like... That's true. It's, you're going to taste the wine. Yeah, but do we know that's what they were doing, or whether it was just like we're just drinking different glasses of wine and just getting a my, little bit hammered? My friends, when I go out, I'm the quiet one, and they're like super loud. Whatever they're doing, mm -hmm. they're like screaming and all that. Mm -hmm. So I get it, but you know, like you all said, there's need. You need to be. There needs to be a certain you level need to be of decorum. aware of the environment as well, and not just think about yourself and mm -hmm. all that. Okay. Like, think of it this way. You know how um, there's the wine shows that they have at the Stampede? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You buy a ticket, you drink some. It's not only wine there. They have tequila, they have vodkas, yeah. all this. But everything is given in moderation. 
But do we leave Hamlet? We do. Mm-hmm. But if you get a little bit too rowdy, what do they do? They take you out, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. you, you're spoiling everybody else's. Everybody else. Right? So it's it's almost the same thing. It, they're being too loud. And unfortunately, our race is very, very loud. Yeah, and it's sometimes like a party. It's, it's like, fun. y'all, like, down. Okay. Like, tone it down. But no, it's like, oh, but this is how we are, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think we just need more information on this. There's yeah, a lot that's not a ton of information. Them. It's true. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure out there on the internet there is a lot of information, but there's conflicting information mm-hmm. between what the women say happened and what the wine train people said said happened. So that's where a lot of the issues and inconsistencies lie. Tatiana, if you're on a wine train with your friends in a book club situation, and the exact same situation happened to you, what would you do if you were thrown out of this wine train? I would be upset. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but, like I said, you need to be aware of environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also need to act accordingly. So, if you're too loud, then too bad for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go party at your home, your house, or the club, or whatever. Yeah. But Also, sorry. I have, no, go ahead, I have go ahead. a question. What do you guys in picture when you read this? Like, you picture, like, people who are black, and then, like, by what? white people or everyone in the train is black what or i what i picture, picture is like this okay so the 10 women say there's like seven black women and three black three white women in that book club yeah and then like a bunch of white people maybe some latinos maybe like the odd chinese person i don't know i'm not sure if, if it would make a difference to be honest i'm not like, sure if they're black would you say like oh that's if, if the entire train was mostly black, black and then they were like you're being too loud get off the train yeah I think it would be a different environment. Um, it would, that's a really right? good question, actually. It would be. If... But, even, but, but, but you know what, though? Even then, though, I, I see what you're saying, Miguel. But even then, like, for, even for me, like, if I went to this this cocktail bar place, right, with some friends, and I dressed up to the nines because I knew, I knew it was somewhere classy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yo, like, when we left, we were buzzing. But at the same time, though, it was like, we were having fun, we were laughing, we were giggling, giggling like... With the uh, with our server, even the bartenders and every like we were just all having fun. We were all classy about it though. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm somewhere like let's say Hi Fi, or National or Commonwealth, that's a different environment whatsoever, and it's gonna be loud. The music's bumping or whatever. You know what I mean? Both places have music. Both places have alcohol. But the environment totally dictates how you handle yourself, given the liquor that's in your system, mm-hmm. right? So all things being neutral like that, for me, the kicker is with this train company, have you had a history in the past? Because that, to me, is going to be the deciding factor. If this has happened more than once, then obviously you guys are being racist and not handling business very well. Mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I like to think with the business, you're trying to make profit and money. So why would you go out of your way to like... Make people feel uncomfortable. Make you, exactly, you know, and lose money. You're losing money. Right. You know what I mean? And any any publicity that isn't positive is detrimental <coughs> to your business. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And now those women are going to now go and be like, that wine train sucks. Mm-hmm. You've lost money. Mm-hmm. The ripple effect of that. That connotation is going to be huge. Exactly. So you see what I'm saying? So like in my mind, it's like as a business owner or as a company, why would that happen repeatedly? Mm-hmm. Versus these women just being like, you know what? Maybe we were a little drunk and we overdid it. Mm-hmm. And we're just going to melt the system now. But if you think about it this way too, it's like if there's 
10 different women saying yeah. the same thing, irregardless of race, black, irregardless of race, black and white women saying sure. the exact same thing, right? Yeah. Versus one woman saying, oh, this is bullshit, this is racist, you know, like, hey, hold on, Julie, it ain't that serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> then, then that changes it a little bit, right? But from, from our understanding, from our understanding of the article, it's like all of them, like, kind of in this together, because there's one lawyer for the entire book club, right? Like, the entire crew. So it's almost like, okay, well, if all these women are saying the same thing, and again, like maybe there's an element of groupthink where it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. we have to say the same thing. For if we sure, want this 11 right? million, we got to say the same thing. Our story has got to be straight. That's my rebuttal. You know, but I mean, at the same time, I honestly just feel like this um, this wine train, they need to, do they have rules? Do you know what I mean? Like, do they have predetermined rules that they made clear to all the patrons before um, they, you know, participated in this? Like, if you go on a ride at like Disney World or something, there's rules. Before you get on, before you get on any of the rides, there's rules. People know if you if you're not if you're not going to participate in those rules, then you're not going to be on the ride. It's that simple. It's fun. That's true. Sorry, go on. Most wine tours do have rules. They tell you like what they expect. Like, totally right? the expectation. It's like, well, while we are on this tour, well, it's very exciting. Um, give room for it, like everybody to know the process. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh yeah, give me another of that. I yeah. Need yeah. It. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I mean, you but know. then even then, like, when, when, so assuming then they're like, so this is the protocol, A, B, C, D, and for the black people, just so y'all know, <laughs> y'all know can you imagine they said that for the Hispanics? Please do not be your fucking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And for the Asians, there'll be no fucking rice on this. Like, can you imagine? If Did you say there will be no fucking rice, rice on this? Yeah, right? <laughs> oh my god! Okay. I'm just being a brat, though. I'm just yeah, saying, yeah, like, yeah. could you imagine? They can't. Yeah. Because because now you're. Racially profiling and you're discriminating. You can't say those things. All you can say is, "Please be mindful and respectful of other people, and so forth and so on." And you hope and God, you hope and pray that everyone actually follows that. Right. These ten women did it. Right. So Suki, um, you just joined us. Thank you for joining us. Um, special guest. Special guest. Special guest in the building. Um, so if you were in this situation, you were on a book club. You know what I mean? The Jane Eyre book club. Right. And you guys decided to go on an Napa Valley wine train. Yeah. And you guys were being a little bit ruckus or so you were told. You don't necessarily feel that way. Mm-hmm. And all ten of you got kicked off of this train. How would you feel? What would you do? How would you react? I think like Tatiana said, I'd be upset, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't understand if it's maybe one, two, three, you know, in the group. But the whole group, you know, that's that's a little bit much. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just my perspective. Would you, do you feel like you'd be pretty humiliated or you wouldn't really be all that humiliated? You know what, I, I've never been kicked out of anywhere, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> gotta get, gotta get there to find out. <laughs> I can only imagine. Because you're trying to fit in. We ain't trying to fucking get kicked out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think, like, the, the entire premise here is just there's a time and place for everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of understanding that and exercising that. Um, how many people were on this train? I don't know how many people were on the train, but there was 10 women in the book club, and I don't know, like a six-car train. Okay. You know, let's say there's, I don't know, 20 seats per car or something, 15, 20, average, something like that. Yeah. So, enough for people to complain, here and <laughs> complain, which they did. <laughs> so, all right, so moving along. There was a talk show on air, and I'm not sure if it's still on because I barely watch TV anymore. It was called Bethany. She was a real housewife of New York City, and she did a whole bunch of other little things. 
Um, so on a particular episode of her show, she had Omarosa um, on, who was um, on a season of The Apprentice, and she was also a White House aide back in the day. Um, and this is what Omarosa said on the episode that she was on with Bethany. She said, it's different for you and I. I am an African-American woman. You get to walk around and be mediocre and you still get rewarded for things. You have to be exceptional to get anything in this business. So Bethany Frankel is like, I don't know if she's Italian or Jewish, but she's a white woman in America, basically. And Omarosa is not. She's a black woman. Like she said, African-American woman in America. And from what I'm understanding, she's describing the black tax, which is a notion that black people have to work twice as hard as white people in order to get the same or similar sort of recognition or consideration. <coughs> so this idea has been touched on in Being Mary Jane. Um, it's been talked about in a movie um, called Something New with Simon Baker and Sana Lathan. I love that movie. It's so cute. Um, and it is something that even my own parents have told me while I'm growing up. They've like echoed that in my mind like over and over again. So in your opinion, is it a real thing? Is the black tax a real thing? Or is it literally something you've never heard of before in your life? I'll start. I'm a bit biased <laughs> because like you said, this is how my mom repeats to me every single day. Mm -hmm. You have to work twice as hard as other people just because of your skin color. Mm -hmm. So this is what I think. Mm -hmm. And because I grew up that way. Yeah. I, I grew up that way too. Yeah. Like my parents always, always told me, they were like, because you're black, people are going to be afraid of you or they're going to be afraid that you're going to take something that they have. So they're going to put that like barrier up so that you don't get it as easily or you don't get the same thing. And I was kind of like, like I went through life and I was like, mm, like I don't really see that because I was relatively like sheltered, right? Like yeah, as I yeah. was younger, I mean, when you're going through junior high and high school and stuff, you don't see that kind yeah. of stuff, right? Like maybe you may see like bullies bullying and things like that. And maybe you may see like a little bit of racism depending on where you live and depending on what's up. But generally, like you're generally sheltered from that kind of thing. It's really only when you get into places like post-secondary institutions or you get into the workforce and things like that, you really start to see how these kinds of things work and how these kinds of things play. You know, like, I mean, if we say, for example, look at the number of people in like Ivy League, black people in Ivy League universities and how there is so few, right? But then there's like a much larger number of white people in Ivy League universities. A, it has, it has, it's a function of, it's a function of, um, of money, right? So obviously, like, in America specifically, there's a lot more rich white people than there is rich black people. So that there, like, on its own, sets things at a disadvantage. And where does that come from? That comes from Jim Crow era, right? Where things were things were disadvantaged for black people, right? Where they didn't have, like, they didn't make the same amount of money for jobs, or they just couldn't get jobs. And when you started that kind of disadvantage, you have that sort of mentality in your life, like, the whole time as you're growing up, and it's echoed, like, through your life, etc., etc. So, Unica, what do you think? Is that is this something that's real to you, or is this something that's not necessarily a thing for you? I definitely know that it's there, and I've... I think to a certain extent, every every black man, every black woman goes through it, right? <coughs> um, whether it's communicated to you word for word. <clears throat> and the reality, the reality of it is, though, it is a white man's world for the most part. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that's right is up for debate. But um, I like to like I've never I've never physically dealt with the black tax. I've always done my best 
I've always uh, been optimistic and positive and, and tried to uh, pursue whatever I'm pursuing 100%. And I've always gotten what I've put in. I've, like, what I've put in, I've always gotten out. Mm-hmm. If I can say the least. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, like, not to brag, not that it matters, but I have two degrees. I've finished both of them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, I've traveled the world here and there. Um, and my worldview is nothing but love and respect for all the races, you know? It's, but the reality is for other black people, they may not have um, the background that I have or the privileges that I've had or so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. So that element of of there being a black tax is totally in their in their headspace, in their worldview. Um, the, the only challenge that I would say is, you know what? As a race, let's just fucking embrace it then. You know, because then guess what? When we do make it to the top of whatever we're climbing, mm-hmm. then you know for sure, I got this for all the right reasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Or that, or that guess what? This wasn't given to me. This wasn't handed down. Mm-hmm. You know, I earned this. My blood, sweat, and tears went into it. And that's what it takes to actually pursue something. Do you think it's a function? Because like me and Tatiana said, this is something that our parents have echoed to us. So do you think this is a function of generations where you know in our parents generation and maybe even generations prior to this was definitely like a reality of their lives right where they they saw and they truly felt and they truly understood that you did have to work harder to get the same sort of thing but now as things are sort of changing and race relations are becoming better or worse depending on who you ask um these kinds of things are morphing into a more equal sort of thing. So do you think like generation, the generational gap has a big part to do with that? I'll ask you, Suki, what do you think? You know what? I, I still think it's the same. You know, people think that race relations are getting better over time. In my opinion, I think they're just, just as they were before, just, you know, they just painted it, you know, just put a fresh coat of paint. Mm-hmm. On it, it looks a little bit different, but you know, so it's, it's a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, like uh, Uniqua said, I haven't really, maybe I just haven't thought about it. Mm-hmm. I haven't really felt like there's a black tax or anything, but uh, maybe like you all, like he said, it's in your headspace. I've never just really thought about you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get denied, you know, for a position, I'm like, all right, I got denied maybe because I wasn't qualified. Maybe someone better um now who's to say that you know that's the reason that's just the way i perceive it you know that makes things a little bit easier for me because you Mm -hmm. know why why walk around with a negative perspective of yourself because you know saying there's a black tax is saying that you're not good enough or that who you are is not good enough you know so uh for me it's just you know i like he said again you can only be who you are do your best and be you, right? Now, you're saying that the black tax is basically saying that you're not good enough, but I disagree. I think it's someone else telling you that you're not good enough, but you still, just because there's a black tax, it doesn't mean that you can't like smash that bitch. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean that you can't like Jordan over that bitch. It just means that it's there. Like you see that there is a barrier that you didn't put there by yourself that was not set by you, set by some other sort of system that is basically built for you to fail, but you still smash on it. Do you know what I mean? Like you still succeed. Well, but, but, if you, if you look at it that way, the system is built for everyone to fail. There are poor white people. There is, you know, different classes of white people, different classes of black people, Italians, mm-hmm. whatever, you know, mix them up. There's all, you know, different, you know, the, the system is is not easy. It's, you know, it's, uh, 
a class system for yeah. sure. Okay, so let me let me give you sort of like a scenario here. Mm-hmm. So say there's Jeb, mm-hmm. and Jeb yes. went to Temple University. Let's right. say Jeb's parents are rich as fuck, mm-hmm. loaded as fuck, like country clubs every weekend. Yeah. Like that's all this kid has ever known, right? And then there's Marcus. And Marcus went to Howard University, uh, HBCU. Yeah. And Marcus got amazing grades. Jamie and Marcus tried to network with all the right people. And Marcus did his best to be the best, yeah. right? And, you know, the reason he went to HBCU is because he wanted to be surrounded by, like, black a black support system, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the reason a lot of people go to HBCUs, which are historically black colleges for people who don't know what. Mm-hmm. Colleges and universities for people who don't know what that is. So, say Jeb and Marcus apply for the same job. And because at like Merrill Lynch or something, mm-hmm. and because Jeb's dad plays um, golf with the CEO. manager, the yeah. HR, whatever, whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, your son, he went to Temple. Oh, his grades were kind of shitty. Doesn't good. Doesn't matter. Let's get him in here because you know, you know, it's it's not nepotism because that's yeah, it's not nepotism because that's family, but it's a kind of nepotism because you know that person. They're in, like you said, they're in your class group. Mm-hmm. Do you know I mean we all go to the same country club? Do you know I mean we all know the same scandals and like, we're we're part of the same group? Yeah. And there's this outsider, right? Regardless of whether you went to the same university, different skin color, whatever, there's this outsider trying to penetrate this little cocoon that you've made for yourself and you built for yourself. It's far less likely that this outsider is gonna get this job. And it's even it's like been proven that it's even more far less likely that this black outsider is going to get this job. Mm-hmm. Where Jeb, who, you know, you know, family and you guys are all in the same group or whatever, the same friend group or family group or whatever, he's he's going to get that job. It's, it's more likely. So in those kinds of situations, what would you say? Because that, I mean, that's rapid. That happens all the time. I mean, it is what it is. If it was a black, if, 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 it, was, if it was Marcus dad that was playing football, you know, with whatever, say the Miami Dolphins and Marcus wanted to switch it around. Wanted to play football for the Dolphins, you know. Maybe he's drafted, you know, super low or something, or doesn't even get drafted. But Marcus' dad can be like, "Hey, you know what? My son's good. Somehow didn't get drafted. Would you like to give him a tryout or you know a practice run? You know, that work. You know, same thing. Like it's the people you know that put you put you ahead. You know, it's they say it's not what you know, it's who you, you know. know. Amen. You know. Thank you. So it, that's what I'm saying. The networking is working against you. Well, well, it works so, like in in the, in the case of Marcus that I just gave. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Marcus' father was the f- football guy for the Dolphins, mm-hmm. if Jeb was to come and he, he didn't get drafted, Marcus would have that upper hand because of who Marcus, who Marcus's father knows. You know. So you're saying different people <laughs> they run different shit. So yeah. depending on who you know, who's running shit in that Pretty particular much. arena. You know, that's what's going to work. Jeb, maybe Jeb is, you know, is cool with con- country club people. Maybe in some other aspect of their life, they don't know anyone. And Jeb, you know, all, all of a sudden falls down to, you know, the level of Marcus, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, it is what it is, you know. Cocoons are built for a reason, you know. You just, <laughs> you know, not everyone is meant to be everywhere, in my opinion, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to get in, you know, maybe you should try a little bit harder, you know. Okay. Or build your own, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. okay, but even then, though, Vanessa, so my question then is, so where is the black tax in that example you just gave? Which I gave to, which example? That you just gave regarding Marcus and Jeff. Because they see that Marcus is a black guy. For what, yeah. Like, say the interview process, okay. right? They, they, 
they do like an impromptu interview with Jeb. Okay. Right? Okay. They okay. see, oh, yeah, your dad goes civil up. Okay. Man, okay, like, you know, we got this. And yeah. then they see Marcus applying for the same position. They're yeah. like, we don't know you. And, you know, you're you're black. So, I mean, I, even, though, even though you went to Howard, you went to Howard? Howard's a HBCU, right? Man, you hung out with a lot of black people. Do you would you even know how to hang be around white people and act in a certain way that's like acceptable? Like all of these negative connotations that yeah. will still be false because being regardless of where you're regardless of whether you're black and where you're yeah, black yeah. and how you're black, you can still like act right oh, in the situation. <laughs> well, I mean there's different ways of like being black. There's just like there's different types of black people. Yeah. There just are, right? But like you can you can you should always be able to conduct yourself in a professional space and in, sure. in a professional sphere in the way that that company culture um, allows or deems acceptable, right? But because there is a negative connotation, mm-hmm. right, that I don't it's different. And I don't know if I want to fuck with something that's different. So I'm just going to stick to what I know. And a lot of people are like that with a lot of different things. Oh, for but sure. But I'm just going to stick to what I know. And I'm not going to give this person that might do a great, maybe even better job than Jeb ever could because I don't know this person and I don't feel comfortable with the fact that I don't know this person. And I'm not going to give this person, do you mean, a shot yeah. to even try and get to know this person. So that's what I'm saying, that barrier, that okay. black tax where, okay, now Marcus is going to ha- have to work really hard to maybe try and apply for another position yeah. or try and apply for another company where sure. he could have just, because he was qualified and he's because he's got all the credentials, he's just going to get that position. Fair enough. So that's okay. where that black tax in my mind would sit. Mm-hmm. But shouldn't we, should, should we call it a black tax or should we call it a minority tax? Because it doesn't only happen to black people. No, yeah, exactly. It, it happens doesn't only to happen everybody. Right, okay, you're right. Because cool, that's what I'm trying to get. Because yeah. it's always a negative connotation thing. Like if Towards the other. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, to whoever fine. you yeah. don't know or whoever you're not comfortable with. But then you, but then you guess what then? That, then in that case, that's across the board then. Yeah. You're right. Because, because, because at the end of the day, we'd much rather side with people that we know. I don't know any of you guys outside of this room. You know what I mean? Outside of this podcast. But, but I'll tell but you right in, now. But in a business I, sense, that doesn't. that's not always the wisest decision. Because for you, sure. in a business sense, you want the person that's best, best for the qualified. job. Not, yeah, best qualified, best for the job, not someone that you feel comfortable with. And as, an, and as a result, it's like it's almost like you're picking the worst decision for your company as a whole because mm-hmm. it, it works for you or it makes you feel good. Oh, for sure. Versus, you know, something that will make sense in terms of, like, economic development for your particular business or whatever it is that you're trying to do. Okay, then. So then, really, then we're talking about the minority tax, yeah. not the black tax, right? Yeah. But I'm speaking. Okay. But I'm speaking in. But I'm speaking in. It is. It is the minority tax if we're looking at it in like a holistic view. Okay. But I'm just saying black tax because that's where you see it the most. Mm-hmm. Like there's even Wikipedia definitions about like this particular okay. thing because it's like a defined thing, right? So as a minority, we should always. I mean, everyone in an interview should always be putting out their best assets, mm-hmm. and so. The company should be choosing the person that's most qualified. So you should be showing the company how you are the most qualified and how your experience is going to improve that company. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, which then, so so, which then ties into our podcast last time when I was saying, "Yo, if there's a white boy that wants to be freaking <laughs> um, president of the black. of the black community, oh my god, not this again! <laughs> <laughs> right go ahead and do it. Be a white I don't care. Go do it." Right, wanna, though? Because then won't he sit and argue and say, this is the white tax. This is the minority tax. It, it is. And, if, if, and, if, and, if that's, and that's what I was... That's, that's the, the mindset point you were going to say? Yeah. Because that's where I'm trying to come from back then. I was trying to say, yo, at the end of the day, then we should be looking strictly at credentials, regardless if he's black or white. If this white boy 
can kill it and is going to represent, unfortunately, the black delegation better than any black, black candidate. You're going to sit here and tell me because he's white, we're not going to give it to him? Then so that he, goes against every... Last time, when we had this discussion, what did we say? We said that he may have all the credentials he yeah. wants, but what did you say? Nobody can understand or feel the black experience aside from a black person. Exactly. Period. Right? So it's like you're... I, I can argue that. What? I do not know the black experience the way other people experience it. What do you mean? Like, the black tax, never felt it before. People talk about, I can tell you, a gender tax, I can tell you about a gender tax. But a black tax, I do not know that. Have I ever been stopped by cops while but driving down? Think about no. location to an environment as well. Like, say you lived in the middle of buttfuck Texas. You might feel the black tax. Um, no, like, I can say for myself... I have family down in Alabama. I'm there a lot of the time. Have I ever been stopped like, oh, hey, yeah, what you doing riding around here in a real nice car? Never. I think it just comes down to how you carry yourself. 100%. I can. I, I will use my sisters. We're born by the same mom, brought up in the same home. We're two very different people. I have my one sister, ghetto as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> my other sister is right in the middle. I, they call me bougie, but I don't think I'm bougie. I just have a different mindset and yeah. different worldview. Some people might say, oh yeah, shit, she's white. But it's, it's, it just comes down to how you carry yourself. It's, it shouldn't be, oh hey, it's a black organization. You do not understand what it means to be black. They might know what it means to be black because they grew up in a black neighborhood. I have never grown up in a black neighborhood. I cannot yeah, yeah, speak yeah. for the black no, person. No, no, no. But I can't. No, no, no. I can't no, no, no. get behind this. I'm sorry. I can't get behind this. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just being honest here. I'm just being honest here. It can come down. It, it, it comes down to that. Like If somebody feels in their heart that they should... For example, somebody who... Say is not Muslim, but wants to advocate for Muslim people. <laughs> no, <laughs> don't. A sheep that lives among wolves is not a sheep. It's not a sheep. This is true. Yeah, a person can still be white. It's a okay. skin color. So great, but they might understand the struggle more than the say the black person who grew up way more privileged. Nah, so Grace, either. Grace, you were saying that because you've never lived in a black community. You don't necessarily understand the black struggle, right? Like, you, like that's was that the gist you were trying to say, or was there something? No, I, what I'm trying to say is, say you put me next to, let's say, Shaniqua, mm -hmm. just for the sake of saying Shaniqua, and she says some things like, "Oh, hey, this has happened to me. That has happened to me. That this, that, that, that." I won't be able to relate to her because I do not know it. But say there's a Lashawn who grew up two blocks down from her and he happens to come from a low-income, like, white family mm -hmm. but understands exactly what she's talking about, they will relate more than me who is an outsider, right? Well, I, I become the outsider yeah. to them. But now are we talking about... Because now we're crossing, like, racial lines with socioeconomic lines. Yeah. Because those two things are very different. So, I mean, there's Venn diagrams that connect the two, but that doesn't mean that they're the same thing, right? But when, when you think about low-income neighborhoods now, most of them are not based off of racial lines. It's all socioeconomic. But again, right? we have to think of location. Where are we talking about specifically? Because location is going to skew that very differently from place to place. Like, say we're going to talk about... The middle of Alabama, low-income middle of Alabama, that's going to be mostly black people. Or low-income 
But Lowe's Calgary, Lowe's, Lowe's, it's Lowe's, gonna be a mix of immigrants. Like it's not gonna be just black people. It's not gonna be that. But it, also in Alabama, most of the low income people are generally white. And white. Sorry, yeah. That's so, actually, yeah, that's a good. <laughs> but like, but again, like location is gonna determine like who's gonna be who in that particular you know set of circumstances. And like you said, you're like, okay, well, I've never kind of, I've never lived in that, or I've never been around black people like that, so I'm not gonna really know the black experience. But for me, like, what I'm thinking of the black experience is is what someone looks, what someone sees when they look at you. Not necessarily, and like how and how they react to you and your blackness. Do you know what I mean like not necessarily like? But then again, again, it comes down to how you carry yourself. If you're gonna be like, let's say for example, you're Mary Jane, and then Cookie, mm-hmm. Cookie, I will run the other way. If it's Mary Jane, I'll be like, Yo, what's up, girl? Like, we know each other. But we in, in, in the last podcast that we did, didn't we talk about that lady who went to that Ivy League school <coughs> and her neighbor? called the cops on her because oh, yeah. her neighbor thought that yeah. she was breaking into her own home. She she probably was classy as fuck. It doesn't matter. It's like, if you're black, you're black, and people are just not going to think you belong. And you even gave an example about that as well. Yeah, I, I gave an just, example just of that. On what too. Vanessa's saying, if you take a black person, you know, now we're going to go super neutral now. Mm-hmm. Take a black person, take a white person, drop them in neutral land. Mm-hmm. People are going to react to them differently, you know, don't even think about, like, their personality or whatever, you know. <clears throat> People most likely are going to be scared of black, you know, whatever, black individual or whatnot, or be more per- partial to the, you know, to the white person. Why do you say that? Huh? Why do you say that? Uh, so, now we're talking about socioeconomic, or we're trying to spin this, or we're trying to make Mr. White Guy the president. You know, I'm just saying, if, if everything's neutral, you know, uh, you know, every, it favors the white people. Because the way, that's just because that's the way the system just, is set so up. That's just the way the system is set up. Okay, Miguel, what do you think? I wouldn't go as far as that. Like, I agree with you, but yeah. I don't think that it's only the better good. I think that it's just two, two people, one is black and a white person. I think the image and what you think of them are completely different. A different, not have to be bad or good, but you know the differences, and you know you can you can you can think of different things that that makes a different, mm-hmm. and they're not bad or good. I also think that that oppression and racism it's a it's alive and well, and I think that individually we may not experience it, but as a whole, it's happening and it's and it's present. And I also think that you cannot speak for all black pe- people. But you can understand the struggle. Right. That, that like, through. Grace, with what you're saying, there is a white person, right? I'm sure there's many white people, right, that can understand the black struggle, let's let's label it, but right? But feel it the same way. But what, but, but, but what I'm saying is that you can understand it, mm-hmm. but the way that people react to you, the pe- way that people treat you, that's going to inform the way that you feel about your own personal struggle. Mm-hmm. and. Generally, like we talked about this last time, if you're a white person, no one's gonna call you a fucking nigger. You're white. That doesn't even make sense. That doesn't. Mm. It's not even like in the same category, yeah. right? So that's what I'm saying is that people can like make mis- misconceptions, or they can throw out racist whatever. They can dole out whatever racist phrases or whatever they want to do to you, or they can react to you in a stereotypical kind of way. Like they can do all these things. You can be as bougie as you want, but because they don't know, like they may not know you or they may not know how to like react to you or how to talk to you, or they just don't like understand kind of where you're coming from. They may 
act like they may you know act to you in that kind of way like they may like remind you that oh hey i'm black and this person is acting this way to remind me that i'm black that kind of thing and that's not going to happen to a white person i mean think about it how many times have you heard a white person say if they're in a room for like a big room full of black people they're like that's the first time in my life i realized i was white when you're in a room full of black people but for black people it's almost like every, every so exactly. often you're yeah every so often you're reminded that you're black but by certain things that Chris, people do or you, people say you're into snowboarding and stuff right mm-hmm. do you ever feel like you're really black when you're up there I'm all covered up most of the time, all the way till here, right? So, well, let's say I get to the, like a ski lodge or something and yeah. everybody sees me walk in there. Yeah, sometimes people will be like, oh, like, yo, that Shit, was you up there, like, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, I, I guess in a way it's almost like I don't let it effective yeah like i it's almost like i have this like force field like just kind of throws back to them i it doesn't really but i i feel that people who are a minority they do things to prove that they're outside of that box right like they're they're different mm -hmm. they're not like like everyone else that's in that stereotypical box and i think like even with that that's impression (laughs) they're like i'm doing something to prove that i'm not like the like the others Mm -hmm. like me i'm different Mm -hmm. Are are you saying i have something to prove miguel (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just saying like No, but no, but so he made he made a really good point. No, yeah. like, I no, even find myself doing that. Like, for instance, okay, yeah. I have I know somebody, right? And this person, I think we like went out somewhere, and there was like I don't know something about chicken, okay? And every time I'm around this person, like I avoid eating chicken because they always like to like make jokes about that kind of thing. So I like try to avoid it, not to like feed into that stereotype <laughs> yeah, they already yeah. have in their head about <laughs> fucking chicken and watermelon and ribena or whatever the fuck. Which is right? delicious, by right? Way. <laughs> and, and you know what? The funny thing is, I don't even fucking like fried chicken. I don't. The shit hurts my gums. Like I don't like it. Yeah. But like I find that I always have to kind of sidestep these like stereotypes so I don't fall into this like shit. I knew you really is like. Frustrating and it's annoying because it's like I'm bigger than that. Like I'm bigger than my stereotype. I, I know we For talked sure. about this last time in our podcast, but sometimes some people fit in these. But generally, like when you look at someone in like a holistic view, they're much much bigger than any stereotype or box you can like put them in. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, again, like that kind of comes with the whole like black tax nature. It's like you can't really stereotype white people. I mean, I guess you could, yeah. but it's like, what are we going to say? Like, yeah. again, like, like, like I'm going to say, God damn it, that privilege is yours. Well, yeah, but like, that white privilege, man. But she I is. think also, though, it also, like, and you alluded to it, what, what, where are we talking? Are we talking North America black tax? Are we talking African black tax? We're talking on North, what, what do you mean? North there is an because African black tax, and I can talk to that. You know how they have, like, the, the light-skinned girls oh, and the sure. dark-skinned skin girls. Yeah. Like, if, if you put a light-skinned girl and a dark-skinned girl, say you and me, mm-hmm. right next to, like, somebody, like, a fresh-off-the-boat African man, he'll walk to you and talk to you before he walks to me and talks to me. Yeah, I'll be real. called ugly because <laughs> I'm, I'm darker-skinned, mm-hmm. right? You want the fair skin. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that, this, that same aspect is also taken into work. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, mm-hmm. my dad... Darkest man ever. Like, he was almost blue. But, <laughs> smartest man really? as yeah, well, right? Sure. Thank God for my Asian last name. He got jobs just because of that, right? They're like, oh, it's an Asian guy who's coming in here, blah, blah, blah. 
But like most of the time they see him, they're like, oh, like you belong somewhere, like, you know, in an okay. agricultural field, mm-hmm. not in like an office space. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is that mm-hmm. in Africa. Here, I guess. But that exists here too. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. That exists here too as well. Like, yeah. I mean, where like people will think that, you know, if a girl is light skinned, oh, she's mixed. So she's mixed, she's closer to what? whiteness, right? Versus when you're black, you're not close to whiteness at all. At least that's the way it's perceived, right? Yeah. So it exists everywhere. We just need to understand, you know, understand people. Yeah, you know, we're, we're going to be stereotypical sometimes, but, you know, you just have to be bigger than that and. Mm-hmm. You know, when it matters, pull yourself out of that, you know, that box and yeah. see see the bigger picture, you know? But do you, I'll ask you though, do you feel, yes or no, do you feel as though the black tax does exist? We all have struggles. Now, mm-hmm. my struggle is different from Tatiana's struggle, from Uniqua, <coughs> you know, your struggle, Grace's, you know, our struggle is all different, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't think it, think it exists. What's well, a struggle for Jeb might not be a struggle for Marcus and vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but just be just aware. be aware, you know, and understanding of the fact that for you sure. know, do you the play your play your role, you know, do what you can. And if you can, you know, keep your step in, you know, mm-hmm. don't prevent anyone from, you know, progressing and move on, right? So. I think there's something to be said about the difference between African Americans and Africans here because there is quite like as an African, I don't think I have that the, the same complex, like, mm-hmm. the same mental complex that African-Americans have about, like, this, like, glass ceiling or the For barriers sure. that they, For you know, sure. feel or, you know, feel is real in their lives, right? Yeah. So, but even, but it's funny that my parents still told me that it exists because, I mean, they've worked in, like, international organizations. So if you work in those kind of situations where there are, like, hierarchical standards, right, and you do have all these different races working together or whatever... <laughs> Sometimes you may sense those sort of things, but I feel like African Americans would feel it way more than Africans well, I think, would. I think something that needs to be addressed here with African Americans is they're coming from a place of like 400 years of slavery, <laughs> right. right? And knowing that you are not good enough, you'll never fit in, you are the other, um, and you're here to serve us. Mm-hmm. Who's us? The white man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so having that mindset. Of course they're going to feel like there's a tax. Of course, of course they're going to feel like there's a glass ceiling versus for someone who's coming in from Africa. Where or, like both your parents are educated. Exactly. They just want you to be educated too. Totally. That's the reason you know you're in mean? this new country. And I mean like, yeah. and like my parents have never called it the black tax. They've just said, listen, mm-hmm. you're going to have to work twice as hard to get whatever someone else, of, I'll just say white people, whatever they would get. And, and, and you know what? If that's the mindset to have to participate, and I say participate in this in the Western civilization, then so be it. Then, mm-hmm. right? Let's just embrace it. Like, let's not beat around the bush and make excuses as to why we can't live the North American dream. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is which is how I started the this question, this series of questions. Because it's just like at the end of the day, if that's what it means, then so be it. And you know, I'll what? take you to Africa, and you'll have the same struggle too. I honestly, like, when I was younger, when my parents would tell me that sort of thing, I would think, are they just trying to mind fuck me <laughs> so that, like, I work harder so that their daughter is not a failure? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, because if, if your daughter is a failure, it's like a huge disgrace to you as a parent, right? Yeah. So let me just mind fuck her and make her feel like there are struggles and there are things that are, like, harder for you to accomplish. So you need to try harder so that you do become that doctor I wanted you to be. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes, sure. sometimes I thought it was that. But at the same time, it's like people, like, face real struggles. So 
Maybe it's, maybe it's a bit of both, you know? Are like, you medicine? Am I what? Are you medicine? No, I'm not. No, 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 so disgraced with me right now yeah so i mean yeah it's but you know and you know what i just thought of this now what if the black tax is preparing you for all the resistance you're going to face in life regardless right if you're willing to embrace it then disguise the limit mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. one illustration that i want to give about the black tax was a scene from something new and in this scene um San Alifan, she's a I think she's, she's an accountant. She's an accountant in like a, in a, in a, in a top like accounting firm in LA. And she said that whenever she walks into like a group with like a meeting with like a whole bunch of investors, they get shocked when she's a black woman. And then they're all like kind of clutching their pearls and they're all worried that like this black woman is handling their multi-million dollar investments and they have to regroup. And they have to reshuffle because they weren't prepared that this person that walked in front of them is about to deal with all these things. Or if she fucks up, if she makes one tiny fuck up, it's like, we knew it. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we knew she's not capable of X, Y, and Z. So she has to, like, be, like, she has to be on her shit that much sure. more because she knows that, like, everyone's just waiting. You know what I mean? For the, ball, the other shoe to drop. Like, yeah. the other kind of ball to drop. And I guess that's more, it's a little bit different in the sense that she's already made it. Like, she's already in that kind of situation. Mm -hmm. But it's just a matter of maintaining your place. Like, your rightful place in that particular type of environment. I think that's probably where a lot of it comes from, too. Totally. Just, just feeling that kind of resistance where people feel like, you're not supposed to be here. Totally. You know what I mean? And, and having that sort of feeling. And I guess with people, too, when they feel that way, it's like you can't tell people what they feel. People don't really make feelings up unless, like, you're mm -hmm. legit just making feelings <laughs> up, right? But, like, aside from that, if someone gets, like, a, you know, if they, if they feel that sort of way, that's that's mm -hmm. some real shit, right? But, again, as you as you both were saying, it comes down to perception. Like, whether the black tax is real to you or not literally comes down to your head and totally. whether you feel it's real or not. So... And I also think with a lot of people, I, I, I like to think we live in such a world where if, if you've never experienced, if, like... Like, if you've never met, if you've never seen a black person before, and you know nothing about the culture and the history, and you met a black person, you'd just be like, oh, another human being, but with a different color. You wouldn't be like, oh, black people. You should stay away from them. You, you, you see what I'm saying? Tell that to the founders of slavery. <laughs> but you know what? But, but you see what I'm saying? Yeah, but... When, and when, vice versa. Yeah, yeah. Like, and it's only just our skin color. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate that whoever is having this bad experience, they've had a bad experience previous. You know what I mean? Which is mm -hmm. which is making it difficult now. But assuming assuming you've only had great experiences with black people, you meet another random black person, you'd be like, hey, how are you? And you're going to continue on. But if you had a bad experience with black people, of course you're going to be like, they're all the same. Like, right? It's the same thing with, with black people and white people. Like, I have a bunch of white friends. And so when I see the other white person, I'm like, yo, what up, homie? But I mean, in this room, do we all sort of agree that it's kind of like, again, like it depends on who you are and how you feel and what position of life you're in. But do we all kind of agree that it's probably there if it is there? Let's just say this. Mind I know it's there, but I refuse to, to acknowledge, acknowledge it. it. Mm -hmm. okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Right. Or to participate in it. How about that? Okay. Yes. And I mean, that's a healthy mindset. So that's fair. That's and all the power for that white boy to run a black company. Oh my God! Yes! I'm going to to Suki because I... No. Suki won't have it. Um, so we kind of talked about being Mary Jane, and it is this incredible show, and the entire premise is this successful black career woman um, rhetoric, and it really makes me wonder whether we can really have it all. In the show, she's this black professional whose, whose love life just suffers. Like, she just can't have it all. 
for particular reasons. Um, like, for instance, do you guys believe in having a fuck buddy until you find the one? Or are you completely, <laughs> are you completely fine with being single until you find the one? Serious question. Serious so question. Everybody has to speak on that one. I gotta use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. You're going anyway. Uh, you know, it depends on who it is. You know, sure, why not? What do you mean depends on who it is? I'm talking uh, about you. <laughs> <laughs> My previous self, you know, would say yes. You're okay. Yeah. Yes to which? To what? Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can have a fuck buddy before you know you find the one. You know, because some, you know, maybe maybe you you know have a couple buddies and then you know that's how you can choose which one you know or what? female buddy. <laughs> the man's busted. <laughs> What do I think about uh, having a fuck buddy until you find the one? Or are you completely single until you find the one? <clears throat> Your fuck buddy could be the one. You never yeah. know. Okay, but assuming that these two things don't perfectly merge into one situation, <laughs> and they're two separate things, which one? Well, <laughs> going solo can go so far, a vibrator can... Go so far, batteries. You know, like you know, yeah. batteries, batteries black like you know, like <laughs> having a warm body is good sometimes, you know. But as long as both of you are on the same page, if this you're not true. on the same page, like, or if once one person starts catching feelings and you're not feeling it, then just cut it off. Like, then you be single. Yeah, or if you know you're that person who catches feelings all of the damn time. But um, <laughs> if you find somebody where both of you are like, yeah, yeah, like. Friday, Saturday, it's me and you. If we don't find somebody at the club or at the bowling alley, but isn't, isn't that at empty? Like, isn't that sort of isn't thing? That just what, isn't, empty? The, isn't that what fuck budding is? Empty? Is it supposed to? I don't know. I've never done it. Is you know it what? Empty? It is pretty empty. It is because <laughs> literally, you, you you're on the phone and you text each other, "Hey, what's good?" Oh, you're on a date. Okay, cool. Uh, then when they're like for you, oh hey, and you're like, oh, I'm on a date too. Like it's. It, like you're only there to satisfy each other. It's just physically. Yeah, is it really? Is it? But is it really possible to not let those things overlap? Because you are a person. This person is a person. I mean, if you enjoy doing this particular thing with each other, then people naturally start to enjoy other things about the person. And before you know it, it's like, should I like this person a little bit more than I should? I mean, yeah, okay. Don't get me wrong. There are the playboy, playgirl types that literally like cut it off when people catch feelings and that's what it is and move on to the next. <laughs> but I mean, in general, for like, you know, the regular person who at the end of the day, they want to find a connection with somebody. When you do this in the meantime thing, you may connect with the in the meantime person, and right? And that's what I said. That fuck buddy might end up being the one. But, but, what if, but what if that fuck buddy isn't like, the one like you like this person but this person has issues and oh, you're, yeah. not, you're, <laughs> you're not you're not say i like your dick or i like your pussy and you just peace out like you come in you walk in you do your deed and you leave if you don't yeah, want to be dumb a, like yeah. i i think that you get what you want and like mm. if you're looking for sex you're gonna get that if you're looking mm. for love you're probably not gonna get it do what you want and like if you want a boyfriend you want to get one if you want your sex you want to get it just mm-hmm. like don't go into things Thinking that there's more thing, what it is. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like go into yeah, what you originally... Yeah, thinking, like, oh. Yeah, something. Yeah. What about you, Yunuka? What do you think? <laughs> I have no experience. I. <laughs> well, if you have no experience, then which one would you pick? There's two... Why are people acting that there's not two situations oh, in front of them? Then, 
I mean, I guess, I guess then it would be a matter of whatever the opposite of having a fuck buddy is, then. Right? Having, Being, a, like, having someone. Having someone, consistent, right? Because... Mm-hmm. But a fuck buddy could be consistent, unless you have, like, a roster. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, that can happen. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a... Um, okay, I, I, I guess for me, like, the fuck buddy thing comes from, like, what comes to mind is, like, insecurity. It is or ins- is this satisfaction? Which one? Because you can come at it with different angles. I think it's being, like, selfish, too. Totally. Like, it's coming from a place of insecurity, of not wanting to commit... Why? Why? Yes, yes. why? But commitment does not equate security. Like, you, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It, it, right? No, but it but equates I mean, emotional listen security. Up, listen does when it you not? Look, but like, sex. Yeah, but you can, you can, you can be emotionally secure. And, and get know, sex. Yeah. yeah, you can. You can I can, can attest to that. Commitment from the okay. other person. Okay. For your own emotional security. So you know that this person isn't going to... I mean... Well, that's a problem. It's not my problem. Like, yeah. I... I, 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 I like, no, like, I like that. Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. you got to set ground rules. Like, if you... if You ask the person, oh, hey, like, you're cool with this? You're cool with this? You're cool. Then both of you have to, like... Stay yeah, there. Yeah. Like, if the other person is like, oh, I'm looking for more than this, then it's like, oh, sorry, like... I'm not ready for that. I'm not. So be it. It's not in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I do get into that headspace and maybe you're still like single, yeah. then maybe we can like review this. Talk but about as it. of right now. <laughs> Talk about it. Yeah. For sure then. then I, you know what? Then in my experience, I've never come across that yet. You know? But from the outside looking in, I just don't see myself doing that or putting myself in that headspace only because just having done like the, the reflecting reading that I've done, I just know that it's supposed to be a love contract between you and that significant other. Mm-hmm. And that's up for debate with whoever, right? Mm-hmm. But part part of giving... <laughs> love can be anything. Like, love can be that security with that random person at the moment. Like, you feel safe enough to be naked and having sex. And then, like, okay, and then, like, okay, and then it's finished now. Like, I can go. Is that, isn't that it, lust, it, though? Or no. passion? It's respect. It's safety. Like, I feel like I feel sa- safe to have sex with this person. At yeah. The end. Okay. And that's so, what means, like... So that's what love is to you, though? Yeah. Okay, see... That to me is like lust, because then because love, love goes beyond just the physical. Love is love is more than physical in my mind. So do you, do you have when you have sex with somebody, it's always for love. Like there's always a love in there. Um, at this point in time, yes, that's the only time I've ever had sex. You know what I mean? And it's been, it's been from my perspective something that like, I'm giving you a part of me. And, and that has good consequences and bad consequences. So much pressure on you, though. Like, it just, well, it's, it, it doesn't put like pressure sex, on... Sex can be just a need. Like, I, I'm i hungry, I'm going to eat. I mean, I do, like, on a level, it is, it is just like a knee-jerk reaction sort of thing. It's like, you want something, you do it. And that's sort of it. But it depends on who you are. Yeah. Okay. Right? Okay, so are we, are we you, how deep do you want to go into this conversation? Like Pretty deep. fucking deep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, okay, so this is my side I'm coming from. Sex is supposed to be something that... Sex is supposed to be like, when, if and when you have sex or you slept with someone, like, we were together. Like, that was a contract that, like... From here on out, we're together. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking, like, Old Testament. That was how a woman was like, yo, I want you. Or a guy was like, yo, like, this is this is legit. You know? And I think we've moved away from that. 
and that now sex is like this knee jerk. If I'm hungry, I will eat, which is fine if that's what so you're, you're so all you're about. So you're saying that it takes like the sanctity and sacredness out of a hundred percent because right now, if you're able to be emotional and detach from that, then cool, mm. awesome. Me as of late, not even as of late. I just I don't know that. I only know like I give myself to someone that I love or that I want to be in love with. So do you think that? People that are more emotional tend to not want the fuck buddy thing because you have to be more detached. And when you're emotional, it's hard for you to be as detached of a person. Tatiana, I want to no comment so cool. on yes, this. I, <laughs> I think that being committed to someone is you. The, you both have to be ready for that. If you're not, then there's no point in wasting anybody's time. Mm-hmm. And like Grace said, you have to. If you want to be fuck buddy with someone, then you both have to. Agree, agree on that and not move further. Sex is whatever you make it up to be. And like, if you guys are okay with that, like, that's perfect. Like, it can be anything. And it's whatever, like, makes you feel good about yourself. You that you mean, like, under pressure to do one thing and, and act one way. Mm-hmm. Miguel, I agree with you 110%. I agree with you 110%, you know? I'm just saying, from, like, my perspective, it would just seem as if, if I was just sleeping around with multiple women, we would be like, man... Isn't there something missing here? Ladies, any of the ladies answer. Like, if you, if there was a guy who was just sleeping around and being promiscuous, what would that say to you guys? That he has problems. He's Whoa. a hoe. But what if I'm a hoe too? <laughs> <laughs> right? What the, what kind of problem would he have? Commitment commitment issues? No. Commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> Is it commitment issues? Or I, just I would think so. Okay, but, no. okay, but, 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 but like, do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, there are consequences when you do that multiple times, when there's no, when there's, I don't want to say. Like you know a, what? I would say there's a t- there's a there's a time and an age for it. Yeah. Like say he's young, and he's sleeping around. Okay, that's what young dudes do. Say he's no, thirty-three and he's sleeping around. I'd be like, okay. But listen, but listen, no. age has nothing to do with maturity, which is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter if you're if you're six. Though. Doesn't matter. No. There should no, be because there are men. There are men who are seventy. You're not like, you're not oh, mature to... Don't tell me you, you know women that are 65 and they're wise beyond their years. No. Yeah. Come on. And at the same time, I bet you there are people that are maybe younger than you or whatever. And you're like, man, like they're pretty much <coughs> for their age I'm and whatnot. Not, I'm not saying it's always like there is always a correlation, but generally there is a correlation between age and maturity. I mean, For once, sure. once my stress has to hit you in the face, generally you have to wake up sometimes. And, sometimes and some people don't. There is that. There's some people don't. Exactly. Okay. I'm not, I'm not cool. disagreeing. Cool. There's some people that are 35, acting like they're 12 out here in these streets. <laughs> I completely agree with you. But okay. I'm just saying, generally, there is that correlation. Okay. And, 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 and society rewards you, like, adhering to that correlation more than you not adhering to that correlation. That this is sense. true. This is true. So it's like a positive feedback sort of thing. Yeah. I, I know people who are like that. They're way older than me, but I don't think it's a commitment issue. I think you haven't found the one yet. You still have to eat, right? That's what Pornhub and Vibrators are for. <laughs> yeah, no. but, but that can only go so far. <laughs> I'm a hoe. Like, I'm not going to do that. Yes! And I have no issues with commitment, but for now, I don't want to commit. I want to have sex, and like I want to do whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And at some point, if something happens, I'll commit. Mm-hmm. For now, it can be... Oh, and I have no issues with that. And if a guy ever like judges me for that, mm-hmm. then I don't want to be with that guy. Yeah. Because my my worth and the value of myself is not based on how many people I flirt with. That's yeah, shame. See, my, my my personal experience with the fuck buddy thing <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, it gets boring after a while. 
So you have to switch up the fuck buddy or No, it's not oh yes. I mean, like, yeah, you can switch it up, but even that gets boring, at this, you know, after a while. So you're saying, like, the whole idea of the fuck buddy thing is, like, oh, man, I just want more. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it like it's, that? It's not really about wanting more. It's just that uh, at a certain point, there's an emptiness to it. Because at that point, it's just fulfilling a need, just like Miguel said. Like, it's yeah. just, like, you want to eat you know, because you're hungry. Then you start asking yourself, you know, there's got to be more to this, you But know? then you want more. Like, it's not... Mm. You no, want more. Like a certain person. No, 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 but you yeah. want more. Then, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then that doesn't, you know, doesn't make sense. Yeah, like, then you have that, to go for more. Yeah. You want more. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, but then the, the, that vicious cycle, sometimes it's, you know, you try going for more and then, you know, you get, you know, there's this ghost in, you know. The problem that I have with this idea of being able to just be like, oh, like, I'll go, I will fuck, I will sleep with someone until <clears throat> I find that person, right? <clears throat> but then what's to say once you found that person, the minute... It doesn't go well or whatever, right? Because in the past, you've always just been like, eh, I could go find someone else. Do you see how that cycle is vicious? So you're saying you just jump back into it because shit didn't work out. Didn't Even work though out. like that person was the one or is or, the or one. Or, like, and guess what? And guess what? Just so you know, there is no the one. Yes. There is no the one. The one is the one you can, you're willing. And to, I told to you this. You dropped out everything for life. Exactly. To have I kind of disagree with what you're saying. The one is someone that fits you and you fit them. You got your flaws. No, but they got their flaws. Totally. But You're both accepting each other's flaws and, and you're making shit work. And that's, and that's the end what of I'm that. saying, though. But there is no genetically made one person that God or whoever your higher no, 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 power no, no. is. There's just been... people that have a personality that's better suited to you. 100%. That's what I'm trying to say. So okay. in my mind, it's like if you. But that's what I mean by the one, though. Like the ones, okay, there's probably more, but the, the, the I mean, ones, everybody, 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 like the a ones, city or the like, ones. you know, a 500 mile radius, right? There's so certain ones. people that are good. But like, can you, can you see how that cycle can be very yeah. vicious if, if it's always been, I will go to the next person, then finally there is someone who is maybe compatible with you. And then for whatever reason, there's a hiccup and you're like, oh, okay, well. You get scared and jump back into mm-hmm. it. Right? And it's just like, no, like being in a relationship of any kind involves a risk. Like it or not, there's good and bad of that. Mm-hmm. It involves commitment. Like it or not, there's good and bad consequences of that. And I'm not judging anyone, but but I think there needs to be a level of like compromise. Not even compromise, but like for ourselves, there needs to be a level of like I need to do what is right regardless of emotion. Mm-hmm. Because that to, that to me defines you being mature or not. I feel like maturity and happiness tend to come at odds with each other <coughs> quite a bit. Like what someone does when they feel like they want to be mature versus mm-hmm. what someone does to make them happy. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have ever experienced that, but that's happened to me. It's like, it's mature for me to pay my rent. Okay. But I want to buy these shoes or I want to <laughs> buy these bags so yeah, I can use my <laughs> rent. But I'm, again, it's happiness versus mature, maturity, right? And like these little examples come up all the time and this happens in work and this happens in life and this happens in relationships. Like this trade-off that you're constantly making, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's almost like you have to be, not smart enough, but, like, cognizant enough to understand that there's long-term girls, goals versus Definitely. short-term goals in terms of, like, what's going to keep you happy or what's going to keep you satisfied or what's totally. going to keep you whatever. So, depending on where you're looking, that's going to be what you choose. Like, but, you know, mm-hmm. going off that mindset already, Vanessa, your happiness shouldn't be derived from what you buy. Your happiness should be derived from what's inside you. Because then, guess what? The minute you don't have those shoes now, well, all of a sudden, Vanessa can't be happy. No, then that's flawed. Your happiness should come from within. So right off the bat, a question of do I pay my rent and be mature shouldn't be an issue of or do I buy shoes and feel happy. Guess what? Within a week, those shoes, you'll be like, 
find a new pair that are better than these ones. Versus if your happiness is from within, you don't need those shoes to feel good about yourself. But then where does your rent fall in? Baby to save us. You have bigger issues than it. What do you mean, where does your rent fall into? Uh, right. <laughs> um, you really wanted those shoes, you know? <laughs> I mean... You should go ask your fuck buy to get your shoes. Anyway, nobody's going to buy presents. They don't buy presents. No, they don't. I don't want to buy that either. Um, you might get breakfast like once every three months. Yeah. But that's if you're still on rotation. And that's the thing. It's like, that's what bothers me. It's just like the... You never know. Do you know what I mean? Like You're not you, supposed to know. I know, but the, the, I mean, as far as like the fuck buddies thing is concerned, like... You, you know, you could do whatever you do, and the next morning it's like, now it's awkward, or maybe you guys are continuing doing it, so it's not that awkward, but it's like, this, person, it's awkward, this person, can decide, person. person can decide tomorrow that they're not, like, could you, I honestly couldn't, like, even imagine, like, being in a fuck buddy situation with somebody, right, and I'm walking through the mall, and I see this guy with some other chick, and he's being all lovey, That's I been couldn't to me. imagine, <laughs> like, that would rip me apart, yeah, but, but see, well, well, and I may not even, like, I may not love this person, I may just kind of like them as a person, like, how you're just supposed to like people as human beings, yes. but just knowing that I've shared that part of you, and it's so and intimate that's what I'm to trying me, to say. and I see you just kind of chilling with people, it's like, it hurts. That's what I'm trying to say. You give it, yourself to somebody. Yeah, exactly. But it, it comes down to what Miguel and I were saying. It's a contract, right? You, you <laughs> and also, this. yeah, and sex is not a trophy. Sex is not like, it's like a shrine. Like, <laughs> no. Sex is like another thing that you get, like handshake. Just another thing. It's not like, and there's like shame and guilt around it. And like, sex is not supposed to be like, it's supposed to be good and like, and like passionate, like whatever you want to be, but it's not bad. Mm-hmm. And it's not. No, it's, 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 well, okay, would you agree that sex is special? Or would you say it's not that special? If I want to get special, I will, but it's not special. I say, okay. it depends on who, who it's with, though. That, that, you know, that's what makes it special. Assuming that you keep doing it with somebody that is, it's good with, it makes it special, right? No, not no, really. Not always. <laughs> no. No. So it's just a matter of, like, putting, attaching value to sex. Like, yeah, whatever. yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. It depends well, I, I, I can, I can give you that analogy. It's like driving a Honda... And driving a Ferrari, mm-hmm. you know, you're still driving, but one's more special, definitely. Yeah, you know? and, and you, you, then you, then you then like, like to rev it up more. Yeah, you rev it up more. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like I'm just too sensitive to have a. Fuck it's buddy. a lot of work. Like I find that having a fuck buddy is so much work. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like it's <laughs> work. Like, <laughs> no, but then you I mean, so, much, so much trouble, so much things. You know, if you, I know that you say that you're not going to be attached, but as I say, there's like so many questions going on in your mind, and you're thinking about it. And you're like, what the hell? Yeah, it's going to happen. It's, it's what I'm know? saying. It's 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 almost like nothing. Nothing is certain. It's like at least when you're with somebody and you know you're with this person, and I'm you and you're me, and we're but together. Even when you're there's with no someone, question. Certain, nothing can happen. Yeah, true. like my you know, my parents got well, my dad cheated on my mom like after like 15 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. Nothing is certain. Like nothing is certain. Nothing is certain. That's true. But they're. Ugh, I don't know. There should be this precedence of certainty, at least for like the first. You know what I mean? No, like, no. That's where shame and guilt comes into play. Like, we don't want that. There's so many in high school. Like, so many people were like, "Oh, like, like sex is this huge thing," and they're like, and, it, and it's not. And it, there's disappointment, and there's like heartbreak, and there's mm-hmm. we don't need that. Like, we need to be honest with what we are doing. And if you mm-hmm. want se- sex, mm-hmm. that's fine. If, and if you want more and love, like that's also cool. Like just. Well, I mean, the more value you attach to it, the more disappointing it yeah. becomes when something bad happens, yeah. or the more heartbreak you suffer when things don't go the way you were. 
yeah. planning. But yeah, like so, say for example, you really really like someone, right? Mm-hmm. For example, if I really really like Suki over oh. here, right? <laughs> but I know <laughs> that I am a very emotional person, and I cannot handle me and Suki just being fuck buddies, mm-hmm. right? I will like I'd rather go and be like friend zoned than go into like that fuck buddy situation. Yeah, that's, that's where I'm right? at. I'd rather be friend zoned because. Then it comes down to like, oh, like having that honest conversation. Like, I think there's this sort of mindset where it's like women are not, or women and men are not supposed to talk about what their intentions are with the other person. But have that honest conversation. Be like, oh, hey, this is how I feel about you. Like, this is where I would like this to go. Would you like it to go there? No? Okay. Okay. Say lovey. Okay, (laughs) peace. Yeah, say hi to Catherine. And also, like, you know. if I give you whatever I'm giving you, I, I like. Don't expect anything. Yeah, in like return. I'm giving you sex, the sex, so you have to love me now. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't mean anything. Like it's not a lockdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love and sex are not the same thing. Yeah. No, they're not. They're correlated, but they're not the same thing. Yeah, I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> true. Um, Shonda Rhimes, who is the creator of How to Get Away with Murder, Grey's Anatomy, and my personal favorite, Scandal, has said, "I don't want a husband in my house." And oh my she is God. someone who is so advanced in her career that a husband or the idea of being someone's wife is is a fairy tale that she clearly doesn't subscribe to. Oprah seems to feel the same way, since with all that she's accomplished, having a husband and having children. Um, being catered to is something that she does not desire and it is not something that she requires. Mm. So with that, <laughs> so with um, what they're saying, there is a trade-off between having the idyllic family life and having a career that pushes boundaries. So they're essentially saying that, you know, you can either be the extraordinary wife, husband, mom or dad, or you can be an extremely successful person. Pick one because you can't have both. Well, you can have both. I, I agree. I think there, so there are women out there who have both, you know. So, just the fact that you know they. So what is did that lady said? Did that lady say? Shonda uh, Rhimes. Yeah, Shonda Rhimes. Did she say her work would not would not allow her to have a family, or she has to pick one? Or? She was based. Yeah, she like she basically said that because I do as much as <laughs> because I do as much as mm-hmm. I do, I won't be able to give the time to a husband that he's gonna need. And because I do as much as I do, the things that a husband is generally known for doing, like as far as like bringing home the bacon, et cetera, et cetera, I do that. So I don't need a husband. It's just not, it's just not necessary. Like, yeah, I can have like my little side pieces and do whatever that fulfill whatever needs I want. Right. But as far as like catering to somebody, I think she has kids, but like she was saying that it's hard because it's like, you have to balance these two really, really big parts of your life and balancing anything is difficult. Right versus just having one thing that you dedicate all this time and energy to, it's a lot easier. I mean, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier than having to balance two things that need an equal amount of effort put into them in order for them to succeed. I mean, think about it. There's so many celebrities um, that have kids, right, that have these really big, huge careers, and their kids are, you know, in rehab or fuck-ups, and they're like, my parents didn't pay enough attention to me, or Mm -hmm. they were never there, or et cetera, et cetera, (laughs) right? So it shows them, I mean, you can have money, and your kids can still be fucked up. You can be broken, your kids can still be fucked up. I was going to say the same thing. It doesn't really matter. It's just uh, the amount of, like, love and and attention and, you know, familiarity your kids have with you 
and the way that you are. And, and if you want kids. Yeah, and if you want kids, period. And I mean, in my opinion, she just doesn't want kids. She doesn't want a husband. And that's her excuse, or not maybe not excuse, but that's the way her brain is wired to see it. You know, mm-hmm. and that's fine. But, you know, if, if she really feels that way, well, there are examples of successful women. Like who? Give me some examples, because I couldn't find any on the internet. Well, well, <laughs> well there's Hillary Clinton, you know. She's she's successful. She had kids. She's married. Oh, she suffered. Her 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 marriage suffered. So there's a little glitch in that particular example. But there's gonna be a glitch in everything, you know. But it depends on how big the glitch is. You know, I mean, having your husband publicly having his dick sucked by a female that is not you is some big shit. Like that's some pretty like. That's that's pretty. You know, it's pretty big. But you know, and you know. figure you know if it was you know regular joe okay whatever the wife finds out do you think it's gonna well it's gonna be you know it's still a but, big glitch in the yeah, relationship but it's, it's, it's but, still it, yeah i mean i'm talking about i mean yeah okay it's a big thing in terms of like everybody knowing and yeah. having that exposure that way but when we talk when we look at it and just like a familiar like a like a family sort of thing mm-hmm. like husband to wife regardless of how popular or how many people know you, yeah. it's still a big thing. Oh, yeah, and that proves the point that, like, okay, she was a career woman, like a successful career woman that did everything, yeah. right? And her, um, her her marriage was failing in that sort of sense where she yeah. obviously could not, you know, give her husband what it is that he needed in order to feel like a man, let's say. But that but, doesn't but, mean she failed. Yeah, that know? just means, She's like, She's still successful. Greedy. It just means that the, the man, or Bill in this case... You know, had shortcomings. He had, you know, his own issues to deal with. That does not, you know, excuse. Ex- you know, excuse or reduce her- Hillary's success in any no, way, I'm, shape, I'm, or form. No, I'm, and I'm not saying it does. Oh, okay. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is that you can be the perfect wife, mm-hmm. right? Or you can be an amazing businesswoman or an amazing politician or whatever the case is. Yeah. And in this situation that we just explained we know where she falls in this yeah. because of the thing that happened with Bill, right? And, I mean, there's lots of, like, political, like, scandals that happen and stuff like that. Like, I, I, I wish I could think of other ones to bring up and not mm-hmm. harp on this one that literally happened, like, 10, 15, 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, it's it's the most poignant, like, example that I have. True, true. That's one reason that proves that it's just a hard thing. Like, it's not an easy thing to have. I mean, Shonda Rhimes and even Oprah saying this, right? Like, Oprah's been with Stedman for how many years? She ain't gonna marry that dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's just gonna be, like, her little side dude, and he's okay with that because he knows yeah, that, like, the roles have reversed. Like, the, it's almost like the gender roles are not traditional the way that they generally are with that relationship. And I feel like with Shonda Rhimes, it'd probably be the same thing. She's like, I don't want a husband in my house because I don't need one. It's just, I mean, the That's things that you generally... But you cannot go into into something thinking that, oh, like, I need to fit this, like, idea. Yeah, yeah. into it. Yeah, like, it needs to be something that works for you work. or it doesn't. Yeah, and, like, you have to understand that you have to make some compromises mm-hmm. along the way, like, that with your career mm-hmm. or family. Mm-hmm. See, yeah. I also think that comes from a place of some fear and some selfishness also. Mm-hmm. It, it, definitely selfishness. Yeah. I could speak mm-hmm. to that. I'm going to be child-free. What? I don't, yeah, I don't want kids. <laughs> but what's well, selfish? I, and the reason being... I don't think that's selfish. I think it's um, selfish for you to have kids and not want them. Exactly. Yeah. That, that is the selfish point, but 
people outside will say, oh my god, that's so selfish, you're choosing your career over having, like, you know, babies running around the house. To me, unfortunately, I see that almost as a slowdown in what I can achieve. People who can do both, you're a fucking superwoman or superman. Myself, I know I can't. I know if I apply myself to one thing, I can only do that one thing at mm -hmm. that time. If my career is, let's say it's careened all the way to the top and I'm sitting there on my huge load of cash, it's probably not going to be. Your Porsche Panamera? <laughs> probably. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So. Hopefully something else. Porsche Panamera would be <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> obsolete. <awesome meat. laughs> <laughs> I have my Bugatti. Yeah, you know? Bugatti. Yeah, and then, you know, maybe... At that point, I'll think, oh, you know. But really, children to me are not a gauge of happiness. To most people, it's a gauge of happiness. It shows that, oh my god, their relationship is thriving, but children can also ruin their relationship too, mm -hmm. right? So you, I think you have to, like, for example, you gave the example of Oprah and Stedman. Mm -hmm. They're both in that mindset where it's like, this does not complete us. We're already complete individuals in who we are. You are just here as a companion for me so we'll just go forward in life like that we do not need to procreate to say oh my god look at what we created that's like, exactly what we are with the babies yeah so mm -hmm. okay well i don't see you know not having kids i don't see uh well if you don't really want them i don't think that's selfish i don't like, think like, like you said it's better to not have them like can you i mean if you think about the numbers of people that are having children for paychecks like you know all these women that are running around mm. and being impregnated by athletes and then they're getting their fifteen thousand dollars fifteen thousand dollar a month um baby mama set what do they call them now child support know. child support checks and stuff yeah. like that right <laughs> not not to step, basically a salary and it's like it's an incredible salary right and not to say that a lot of these women who do these things they don't want their child i'm never going to go as far as to say that but some of these women see these children as a tool mm. some women just get pregnant right like they just get into situations they get pregnant and they don't want these children but they have them because you know, you can get food, more money, government assistance from the government, da da da. And there's women that, you know, have kids thinking that they may want them. They're not sure. Like a lot of people do that. They're not sure. They have the kids and they realize, I didn't really want this. That right? Sucks, yeah. And I feel like in those kind of situations, it's like, if you're not sure if you want kids, don't have kids. Just don't do it. Because you're setting yourself up for 18 years of fucking hell if you decide that you it's don't want It's beyond 18 years. It's more than that. Like, if, you just, if you actually decide that, oh, do us part, yo. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I don't think that's selfish at all. Like, I'm not, I'm definitely not of the opinion that, like, every single person, because you can procreate, you should. I don't think... That, I don't think that's I don't I just don't think that makes sense. It just doesn't make logical sense. There's people out there who cannot procreate. They want children more than anything, more than life itself, and they can't. Like they're just barren or whatever. And there's people that are having kids and they're just not really interested. They're not interested in being like a parental unit. They're not interested in raising their children properly so that their children can like see the love and see the care and see, you know, the drive that they need to be successful people. Mm -hmm. They're just they don't they're just not interested in providing that for their kids or they don't think that that's necessary. Because there's so many people that raise children or not I won't, I won't even use the word raise children. They have children, right? They work, they do whatever. Their, their children are basically raising themselves or other people or like the streets or whatever you want to call it are raising their children. They're not doing that by themselves. Mm -hmm. So when like these kids like get into these like cyclical issues where they have like very messed up like um, images of like father figures or women daddy are looking issues. yeah daddy issues or yeah exactly women are looking for fathers and like all the wrong places etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It's like if if there was if if your parents were there showing you exactly what it is you needed to see and like almost like 
what's the word? Like, use, I don't want to use propaganda, but, like, just always showing you a correct way of, like, the... A good example. Yeah, good examples all the time. Right, exactly. Like, you see love. You see what care is. You see what honesty is. You see what trust is. What does that do to a relationship? Why is it important? Because a lot of people are raised, they don't see why those kinds of things are important. Mm -hmm. Right? They just don't get it. Nurturing the children, that's the key. Exactly. You have to be nurturing. And there's a lot of parents who just don't, they just don't have the time, or they just don't have the energy, or they just don't care. But they'll still have the children. And that's why, that's... I don't know, I just, like, I find a problem. I that. also find it, like, very interesting because I am gay, and it's, like, I don't find that that deep pressure as, like, a straight couples have, that they have to follow mm-hmm. these steps, like, oh, like, the engagement and, mm-hmm. and marriage married, and a family and a house. Yeah. With, like, with people who step outside of that, they don't have to follow any rules. They just mm-hmm. make it up as they go, and they mm-hmm. don't have expectations of doing anything. Mm-hmm. Just go as you go. Mm-hmm. Which I think is great because it takes so much up the, the pressure of acting one way. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely, like, on heterosexual couples a lot more. And there's a lot more women that are, like, basically deciding that they don't want to have kids. Like, you're, like, the third person I've had a conversation with. I know, since I was four, I told my dad, I'm going to be an aunt. And that was it. That was where it started, and it stuck with me. I kind of veered off, because I'm like, oh, I'm in love, blah, 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 they want kids. But after, like, you find a sense of yourself, you're like, but what will I do with that kid? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, like I, I, I stated that, okay, if I was going to have kids, I need a house husband. Because that's just the only way it would work. But then at the same time, you don't want somebody sitting at home and then resenting you for the fact that they're sitting at home. Mm-hmm. So in the end, it's just like, actually, no, no. Then you have to find somebody who thinks that same way as mm-hmm. you, you know. Like, I know 1,000%. If I don't have children, there'll be a hole in my life. Like, I know that, like, because I'm not, like, I'm not having baby fever or anything, but I see, like, babies sometimes just, like, I can't wait. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's how you know you want kids, because you have that. <laughs> Grace does not have that feeling <laughs> at all, but I do. Do you know what I mean? I want, like. That's great. Yeah. That's for you. That's I, what exactly, you want, right? Like, but, don't get it. Exactly. But at the same time, like, I'm an ambitious person. Like, I want it all. That's why this whole being married, Jane rhetoric, it, it like bothers me because I really do want it all. I want like a bomb ass husband. I want a bomb ass house. I want a bomb ass car. I want kids that listen to me aren't like brats. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I still love dearly. You know what I mean? And I, you know what? I want like a career that's amazing. Like something that I really for. I literally want it all. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So it's like it's really hard for me to like hear like people like Shonda Rhimes, see people like Oprah, or like watch shows like Being Mary Jane where they're literally telling you, sorry, you can't have it all. You got to pick because it's not going to happen. Like either you're an ambitious person and then you're with a guy that resents your ambition or like doesn't really want to be like in a proper relationship with you or is cheating on you or something, right? What's a proper relationship? Um, I mean like you want, like, like Miguel was saying, the proper steps, like you get engaged, mm. you know, you get married eventually, have kids, etc. Et you stay loyal. You stay loyal, like that kind of thing. I think you have to stay, to stay true uh, to yourself and, and, and what you want and just follow that. Follow that and see and then what somebody, happens. And somebody else will also yeah. be with you. Okay, guys. So we're going to move on to our shout-out round. <laughs> so in here, we're basically just going to shout-out things that we're really liking, loving, feeling, or want to bring a little bit more awareness to. Yeah. Pretty much just you have control over na- over nothing. Mm-hmm. You only have control over yourself and what you do and, and how you feel. Mm-hmm. So stop... Not you, but it's everybody. Mm-hmm. Just, like, stop imagining and, like, having this ideal thing in your head. Like, whatever, expectations. Mm-hmm. Just do what you can with what you have and just try your best and see what 
see what happens. Yeah. Okay. Well, I've been reading, well, or listening to audiobooks lately, and I found them amazing. And I, the two that are really standing out is Jumpstart Your Thinking and by John C. Maxwell and The School of Greatness. They also have podcasts. That was on your Snapchat! That was on my Snapchat, and I just loved it. And it's 2016 for me is not just about physical improvement, but emotional and spiritual. So mm-hmm. I've been really enjoying those. So check those out. Okay. Yeah. So, anybody else? Really, guys? Damn. You oh. really brought your A-game this week. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for everybody. Well, shout out to my garden. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's really good. Come do mine. Yeah. I'm actually, I was actually building uh, what sure. you call a raised bed today. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I sprained my wrist. But, um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm going to plant something by next week. That's legal. Yeah, yeah, it's illegal. Vegetables. <laughs> but, yeah. Vegetables. Okay. Um, I want to shout out um, to a podcast that I've been listening to and I've just been so obsessed with. It's called This Is Actually Happening. It is um, made by this group called the Permatemp Corporation out of the Bay Area, San Francisco. And it's just such an interesting podcast. It's just storytelling about different people telling their crazy stories of things they've been through. And it literally goes through, like, so much stuff. Like, it goes through, like, existential questioning. It goes through, like, really dark stuff like rape. It goes through dark stuff like wars. Like, it's some. It's a really, really amazing podcast. I would really recommend um, listening to it. You can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Acast. Pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcast. Again, it's called This Is Actually Happening. Um, it's amazing. Like, if you really want to, like, think about, like, life and things and just, like, the bigger picture, it's definitely something I would recommend listening to. So, Grace, what about you? What do you want to shout out this I want to shout out Dress for Our Time. Um, it's by an artist and uh, fashion designer, Helen Story, and she uses the power of fashion to kind of speak out about social issues. Her latest installment was at the UN in Geneva, and it was uh, one of those uh, refugee tarps that they use, and she turned it into a dress and had like this angelic figure just walk through, and it's just amazing. If you want to see more of her stuff, it's on dress for number 4 ourtime.org. Okay. Pretty cool. Cool, cool. cool. And then, Unuqua, what do you want to shout out today? Um, I think just going off what uh, Miguel and Tatiana were talking on, just uh, just kind of being the best version of yourself and just working on you and accepting who you are and not not putting uh, any restrictions and or expectations on things because nothing nothing is guaranteed. But um, the only thing you, you can control is you and your actions and also your attitude and mindset. So just to be consistent in that. Okay, so that's a wrap for us at the So Fucking Posh Studio. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys want to reach out to me, you can anywhere on social media. I am S-O-F-X-P-O-S-H dot com. Does anybody else want to plug their social medias? Tatiana, go ahead. You can find me at Tatiana X Sarah. That's spelled T-A-T-I-N-A letter X and Sarah with an H. Hey guys, we completely forgot to shout out Miguel's birthday. It's happening this weekend, so happy early birthday, Miguel! Thank you. Happy birthday! 
If you would also like to wish Miguel a happy birthday as well, you can find him on Facebook. His name is Miguel Capriles and his name is spelt M-I-G-U-E-L-E-C-A-P-R-I-L-E-S. Again, that is M-I-G-U-E-L-E-C-A-P-R-I-L-E-S. Happy birthday, Miguel. I'm sorry. Tell me who ain't here to relate. I, I.